Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, I'm Cynthia Lockery, and welcome to Canada's podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are making things happen right here in BC. Today, I'm joined by Deneen Allen, passionate about Canada's rural landscapes and legendary wilderness places. Deneen is set to help tourism and hospitality entrepreneurs across Canada to raise the bar in creating new and unique visitor experiences. So welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to learning more about your story. So let's jump in and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current business? Thank you, Cynthia. That was a really great introduction. I think it, it says a lot about uh, what I'm doing. Um, it's been a bit of a journey, but the business that uh, that I have right now is uh, Fire Circle. And Fire Circle is Canada's only online tourism entrepreneur accelerator. It's a bit of a mouthful, but that's um, that's the my current passion and um, where I'm spending most of my time while I'm still also consulting through Pure North on some larger projects in the country. So that's definitely a busy person there. Um, so what inspired you to go down this role of not only being an entrepreneur, but being an entrepreneur who helps entrepreneurs? Well, what inspired me to be an entrepreneur, I, I think it entrepreneurship did find me in a way. It wasn't that I sort of intended always to uh, be out on my own, but I think that uh, the combination of things that I uh, fell in love with, which is interior design and construction and food and beverage and then hospitality, all kept leading me in the direction of uh, maybe trying to find my own way to use these uh, things that I had been learning in some of my earlier years uh, out of university and putting them together in uh, in, in a in a business and so uh, I think that um, I, I I'm an accidental entrepreneur in a, in a, a little bit of, of a sense uh, and I I can delve into uh, so many adventures that I've had in the world of entrepreneurship but I think that. All of the learning that I've done in tourism and hospitality, particularly, I, I realized, you know, that I was carrying around a, a wealth of knowledge. And in the other consulting that I do across Canada on tourism and hospitality projects, I realized that there was a, a real gap in mentorship, in working with other entrepreneurs, other small business owners who uh, I, you know, you could see the the passion and the drive that they had to, uh, you know, to apply to their businesses and build their businesses, but there was knowledge missing. There were things that they could have been, they were leaving things on the table, as I like to say, you know, and so, uh, and Fire Circle really uh, is inspired by all of these encounters with, other entrepreneurs with other organizations who were 75% of the way there, but you knew that you could get them across the finish line or, or you know, you, you knew that there, there was more that they could do to make their businesses successful. And I, I think that's really the, the root of, um, of what I'm doing now is, is trying to share the knowledge and, um, you know, I, I didn't have a mentor like that when I was starting all of my business. 
So as you're mentoring, are there common challenges that you're you're seeing arise? Well, absolutely. I mean, in small business in, in particular, small and medium-sized enterprises in Canada, you know, the statistics for, for failure are very high when people go into uh, starting a small business. And financial literacy is one of the, the biggest challenges that I see out there. Um, I'm encouraged when I hear that uh, financial literacy is now maybe being introduced a little bit into um, uh, secondary school. And, and definitely, I believe that everyone should pursue some knowledge of financial management if they're planning to own a business. Uh, it doesn't matter how passionate you are. If, if you don't know how to manage your cash flow, it's unlikely that you're Yet that you're going to succeed. So that's that's one of the challenges. And I would say uh, the other one, um, especially in, in Canada, because we're so geographically dispersed. And when you get out into rural and remote, there are not a lot of references for people who start small businesses, you know, especially in remote, but definitely even in rural. I've said this so many times. I, you know, if you're in an urban center and you want to start um, a, a hotel or a cafe or uh, or a tour company, uh, you have dozens and dozens of points of reference to guide you in your entrepreneurial journey. You know, what parts of this business or that business would you uh, like to incorporate into yours or, or, you know, have as part of your business? Uh, so I think the points of reference are lacking when you get out into rural and remote. Um, the lack of experience with what is competitive in the global marketplace, uh, what it truly means to operate and present your physical product in a super compelling and competitive way, that's missing a mm. lot. And, mm. and it's not from... Again, not from lack of passion, not from lack of of wanting to do a good job. It's just simply not having travel experience themselves or the interaction with all these different levels of um, and qualities of uh, tourism and hospitality businesses. I can see that living in a rural community myself. Um, is there one piece of knowledge or information about your industry in particular that would be of interest to listeners? Now it's a big question. Uh, yeah, that's a big question. Um, how do how to find your customers? You know how it, we get asked this a lot. Like, how do I know where my customers are? How do I find more customers? Um, Oh, there's so much I could say today because we're just going through the the horrible uh, wildfire situation. So many of our clients and and colleagues and friends and family are are in in these places that are experiencing the wildfires. Um, but I I would say that I. Um, uh, Finding your customers means that you have to really understand who you are first. You know, you really have to understand why you're getting involved in this business or why you're running your business. You have to understand your own values. 
You have to understand the themes that your business is communicating. Many operators don't actually understand that they're communicating messages every single minute that they're in business, whether it's on social or whether it's in real life with their customers at their place of business. And we're moving beyond demographics in marketing. We're even moving beyond psychographics. And um, we're definitely in a place where we should be looking at uh, value graphics, which is really uh, what are the things that people value? How are those aligned with your values as a business? You know, what, what kinds of people do you want to have come to your business? And finding that values alignment is the simplest way to find your customers because they will recognize the values that you hold and it will resonate for them. And it's, a, it's about relationships. It's about building relationships with people who think like you or aspire to uh, you know, be at a place where, where they think certain values are represented. So I think that's a, a pretty common question for us uh, on the marketing piece. And it makes sense because I see a lot of time people are more concerned about being saying what they think people want to hear or trying to act in a certain way to attract instead of having that grounding themselves and being clear and attracting from there. That's so well said, Cynthia. Absolutely. And, you know, we hear this word being sort of handed around a lot, which is authenticity. And of course, authenticity, you know, people can see right through you. Your customers will see right through you if you are not being honest or your, you know, your true self. They they can they can spot that a mile away. So it's not serving anybody to uh yeah, to not be uh your authentic self and and put forth what you you know, what you really are about. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's great advice for anybody listening who's an entrepreneur, regardless of your industry, that really tap in and take the time to get to know who you are. Yes. Foundational work. Yes. (laughs) If you were talking to somebody who was starting out as an entrepreneur, and I know that you do talk to people who are just starting out is there, um, regardless of where they are, and I love the authenticity, is there any other advice that you think are really foundational pieces to help you on your entrepreneur journey? Well, we like to remind our, especially our brand new entrepreneurs, that it's, you know, it's not a straight line. Um, I call them left-hand turns. <laughs> and they will make a lot of left-hand turns. and it's that idea of, you know, you came to us with a vision. Now we're exploring the viability and the feasibility of your vision. So never take your eye off the vision. Just, you may have to massage it. You may have to alter it a bit. You may have to make some concessions, but just don't take your eye off the ball. You know, just having that purpose and that goal of trying to get to where you're envisioning. I think that is our number one piece of advice. So let's look at being in BC. Um, So you're located in BC, and I know you serve people across the country. 
What are some of the benefits of being based in this province? Well, my goodness. Well, I was born here, so I'm completely biased. Um, I've lived in many places in Canada, but I, I was born here in Vancouver and I'm happy to be back. Uh, there are, um, that's a tough question for me to a- answer, Cynthia, because we do work all over Canada, but it being in BC, I guess, you know, the wonderful advantage of the lifestyle that I get to live in a place like Vancouver and the West Coast. And it inspires me every day, you know, in, in, and in my work, you know, and I'm trying to find that balance of being able to enjoy where I live as well as working here. Um, I think that because I lived in other parts of the country, I have an interesting perspective on the mindset of, let's say, coming from Ontario or being in Alberta, the Northwest Territory. So it's, um, yeah, I, I think all different parts of the country definitely have a little bit of a different approach to business. I actually can see that after living in different provinces and territories. And I think we're a little more relaxed here in BC, I would say, um, in a good way, in a good way, you know, in a little bit more casual way, maybe. Well, I'm an Ontario transplant to BC, so I can definitely say it is more relaxed here. Um, so what are some <laughs> of the- <laughs> I was just in Ontario a couple months ago, and it's more relaxed. Um, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered being in BC or that you see can be a little bit more difficult than if you were um, based in another part of Canada? Well, the more, so I was there too. I, we're, we're in the process now of um, translating our entire Fire Circle 5x5 method, which is our foundational uh, program for Fire Circle. We're translating it into French. I feel like if I, if I were in Ontario again, or closer to the larger Francophone community that, you know, that, that might, uh, that might maybe be more, uh, I don't know, it just might support some of the things that we're doing out there. Although we do have Francophone mentors and, and, you know, we provide that kind of mentorship uh, in French. Uh, And then a remote, uh, you know, always where, you know, people who are living in in rural communities, they like to meet you. (laughs) They like to be face to face with you. And uh, definitely when you're in indigenous North, this is very important to know that we can on occasion not just be virtual in our mentorship and in our programs, but that we can actually be in person uh, with some of our clients. So I think, you know, Canada is, I, I remember a friend of mine once called it the, the tyranny of geography in Canada. And we really, we, we suffer a little bit for that, right? Where it's just not that easy to get in front of somebody Face to face and build a relationship in real life, you know. So, yes. So, let's talk about successes. Um, how do you define success? But more importantly, how do you celebrate? <laughs> you mentioned you were going to ask me this question, and I thought about it a lot. And I'm not sure how other entrepreneurs uh, feel, but I, I struggle sometimes to celebrate my successes you know because as an entrepreneur you're always uh 
I, I hold the bar high for what I'm trying to achieve and probably need to celebrate a little bit more often when we do have wins. What I love about my team is that, um, and, I, and that's part of this, how do I define success? So success for me right now is that I have a core team of seven people working with me. That's six more brains than mine. That to me is huge success. And we have 26 mentors and facilitators. So it's like we have over 30 brains, you know, working together. And to me, that's a that's a huge success for for me personally. Um, and, and they're very good at reminding me when we should be celebrating <laughs> success. So sometimes you need to be reminded by those around you. Um, and uh yeah. So I did, did I answer the full question? Yeah. I and I, I think that's great. And I love how it's, how you recognize that one person can't hold it all and one person can't have all the answers. It takes those personalities. It takes that team. So let's talk about fear and doubt. How do you deal fear with and doubt. <laughs> fear? And doubt? Isn't that just like, Aren't those two words that come right after entrepreneur? Basically. <laughs> Isn't there an acronym that, that takes in those three words? Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, well, uh, I am, I would say both. Uh, I, I am fearless, but the fear never goes away. So as an entrepreneur, you you recognize something in yourself that is really resilient like you know you have to have grit <laughs> if you're going to do something on your own run your own business small business large business you have to have this level of perseverance and grit that sometimes astounds other people and you know for you it's just like your normal course of of uh, how you address things but the fear never goes away. And, you know, this, this, I hear it all the time, even from people who are very successful, the whole imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of always out there, right? It's like, oh, how did I get here? And, you know, do I deserve to be here? And so there's a lot of, you know, self-talk that goes on in my brain about, um, well, you know, you're here now, you got here somehow. So I guess you did a few things, right? And, um, I, yeah, but I don't think those things go away. I, they're just part of, they're part of my day, right? And you just kind of uh, work through them, I guess. Yeah. And do you think imposter syndrome is um, carried a little bit heavier by women? I've heard just as many men, mm. uh, you know, tell tell me this. So absolutely not. I think if you're not hearing it from from men, they're just not saying it out loud. I think yeah. it's pretty equal. <laughs> now let's talk about where you think your business is going to be in five years or where you'd like it to be. Well, I would like for uh, for our full Francophone program to be launched. Uh, we're also uh, building a program that is for entrepreneurs with disabilities, for hearing and sight uh, disabilities. And I would like for my whole team to still be together, still kicking butt, doing what we're doing now. I would like to have had 
thousands of entrepreneurs through Fire Circle uh, in, instead of hundreds. Right now we're in the hundreds. Um, and I would like to know that we're, we're so excited right now every time that we get a, a review, whether it's a review within the program or a, a Google review. And, you know, it's just so maybe that is a little bit of celebration that's happening there to wow. go back to your other question. We definitely jump up and down pretty happy about those. Um, that that if we can keep making a difference like that, if we can keep getting our entrepreneurs that they are still saying to us in five years, you are changing my thinking. I have never heard before, or you are changing my business. My business is stronger because of this work that we're doing with you. That's that's all I need to hear. If I'm still hearing that in five years, I'll be I'll be thrilled. <laughs> that is a great thing to hear. Um, and is there any uh, routines that you have in place that kind of help you either stay grounded or or be as productive as you can? I've learned the hard way. So for all of the entrepreneurs who are out there who are, might be listening to this and are working 80 hours a week um they don't write that on in your eulogy they don't write that you worked 80 hours a week and weren't you an amazing person because you worked 80 or 90 hours a week i hope you get past that insane schedule because it is sometimes necessary i think we've all been there when we've been starting businesses i certainly have been um the, but sleep is very important, and so is trying to be physically fit, whatever that means to everybody. But that's certainly been a really important thing to me. And spending time with family and friends, because we tend to forget about certain people when we're in the thick of our entrepreneurial insanity. And when it comes to, you know, what's really important it's it's not it's not our businesses so it is our friends it is our family so that's really come home in the last few years well and i remember a study that was all over the news a few years ago that once you reach 40 hours of work your productivity anything over 40 goes down and by the time you get to 50 hours it, i think it was like half the productivity. So you're actually not producing any more the longer you work. You're actually decreasing your own productivity. Yeah. And the, the, so the biggest lesson I learned out of exactly that is, is delegation. And that was a really hard lesson to learn, but it's really what has saved me over the last few years. And it it's that's been a bit of a revelation. And that's where this whole staying in your genius zone uh, comes home to me. It's like, you know what? Being my own bookkeeper, being not that I've ever been my own bookkeeper, but you know, a lot of us try and do these things that we're, we're not cut out for that. We're cut out for the thing that we're holding the vision and the passion for, and the rest can be delegated. Took me a long time to learn that, but it's definitely how you are sustainable and how you don't work 90 hours a week. So Absolutely. Definitely. Own your genius and, and stay in that lane. Mm -hmm. 
So is there any advice that you've received personally or or books you've read or anything that you've heard that's really resonated with you that you want to share with listeners today? Oh, for sure. Uh, well, uh, many of you might have already read it, but the, the Seven Laws of Success, which is Deepak Chopra's sort of um, little tome on where we should really be placing our thinking and and our mindfulness and um this whole idea of detached involvement <laughs> i'm trying to practice that every minute that 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 little book is has been um a bit of a game changer for me just um practicing detached involvement trying not to uh, let everything come in on you and still, you know, trying to, trying to maintain perspective, uh, you know, as best as you can. Um, yeah, I think that would be some, that someone gave me that book. That wasn't something I went and found. So that was a recommended reading from someone. So yes. Good recommendation. And mm -hmm. before we end today, is there anything else you want to share or add? Oh, so many things. My my favorite quote of all time is Daniel Burnham. He was an architect and his quote starts out, make no little plans. They of themselves have no magic to stir men's or women's hearts. So make no little plans, everybody. Make big plans. Oh, such good advice. Well, thank you for joining us today. And um, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you, Cynthia. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you.